Hello friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Taboo Talks Hotline. I am your host, Melissa James, and you can think of me as your taboo concierge, connecting you to brands, products, talks, and events which society has deemed inappropriate. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to remind everyone that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only, and like our talks, this means 18 and older. Secondly, I want to give you all a trigger warning as this episode does talk about self-harm, death, and risky behavior along with some escapism. Thirdly, my goal with these talks has always been to help people feel less alone in what they're going through because I can promise you that you're not the only one who is going through the experience. Um, However, I have been told that my delivery method isn't conventional. I have the tendency to laugh at inappropriate situations, and I do dabble in a little bit of dark humor. I find it helps prevent unnecessary emotional breakdowns during conversations that are already difficult. Um, I also grew up in an environment where expressing emotions was frowned upon, so there's also that. Anywho, if this sounds unappealing to you, no worries, sometimes the shoe doesn't fucking fit. And if you want recommendations to other products, products, podcasts, products as well, but podcasts that appeal to your style of receiving, shoot me a DM on my Instagram page at Tabby Talks Hotline, and I'll be happy to share uh, with you some of my favorite podcasts that are a bit warmer, if you will. In the last episode, I dropped the bomb that I went to a fetish party still celibate. And when I listened back to it, I realized that perhaps I should have gone like back to the basics, maybe tried to worry about getting to first base before attempting the full home run. You know what I mean? (laughs) That is clearly a classic example of you live and you learn, my friends. And if you participate in the Taboo Talks every Sunday, you'll know that I love a good definition. And according to Oxford Languages, celibacy is a state of abstaining from marriage and sexual relations. However, I'm more on board with the WMD definition, which says celibacy is the practice of not having sex. When I first told you guys that I made the choice to go celibate, the reactions were all over the place, varying from sheer confusion to interest in when, why, and how. And definitely quite a few of you wanted to know, don't you miss sex? Now, I have saved your questions throughout the years, and now I'm finally ready to answer them. Let's dive into it. We'll start with the who, what, when, where, why, and how. The date was January 11th, 2018, It was a lovely evening in Los Angeles, perfect for a rooftop gathering with friends to celebrate my 27th birthday. Low-key, this birthday was a big deal to me. I had always imagined having my life figured out by 27, you know? In high school, I was like completely convinced that at this point in my life, I would have the fancy corporate fashion job, owning a fully renovated apartment overlooking the New York City skyline, driving around in a bougie car in the Hamptons during the weekends. Oh, 
And let's not forget, I actually thought that I would be married at this point, too. Very Charlotte from Sex in the City. But it's like that saying, you know, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Because I couldn't have been farther from the fucking plan, guys. And instead of that fancy corporate job I thought I'd have, I was about to embark on not my first, but second bachelor's degree. That fully renovated apartment I thought I'd have overlooking the New York City skyline. Okay, well, my reality was more like bouncing between my mother's and grandfather's house trying to save a few pennies, you know, because I was going to school in London. I did, however, nail the Hamptons on the weekend thing because that's where my grandfather lived. Um, the car, however, though it was a Cadillac, it was a 1988 beer yellow Cadillac DeVille that I inherited. And the marriage that I thought I'd have. <laughs> well, instead of, you know, the proper commitment and love that I thought that I'd be in, yeah, no. I was doting after a guy who, like, genuinely did not give a fuck about me. Because when it came time to celebrate my birthday, you know, just as everyone was about to arrive at said rooftop, I received a phone call from him telling me he wasn't coming and that he couldn't do this anymore, you know? It was giving, you know, that scene from Sex in the City where Burger breaks up with Carrie via post-it note. <laughs> it was basically that. Naturally, your girl had one too many margaritas and the night ended with my bestie feeding me burritos so my next day wasn't like horrendous if you know what i mean no hangovers <laughs> okay deep down i knew this breakup was inevitable like i was no longer living in la i was getting ready to move to another country like logically i knew <laughs> this wasn't gonna work um however i guess there was you know that delusional part of me that expected us to commit to this long distance situationship you know very much putting the delu in delusional um but i knew it was over and i just really did not want to accept it at all Ugh, and let me tell you the heartbreak was fucking real i did however at that point knowing that I was moving and like changing my life, I did promise myself that no more dating until after I completed my uni degree. I did not want any male distractions whatsoever to stop me from getting that first class degree. And so from that January to August, I spent those eight months, you know, mentally treading water, trying to get over this situationship, like something that didn't really happen. Uh, thank goodness I had my blog and I poured my heart into that, trying to make it a thing. And also at the same time, I was kind of caring for my elderly grandfather, which side note, caring for the elderly is a whole nother topic that we need to touch on because this is, we as a society do not talk about this enough to prepare ourselves for this. Because speaking from experience, it is a total mindfuck. Anywho, back to the whole breakup thing, because we will touch on the caregiving at another time. I kept telling myself in the back of my head, and though my life was shit, falling apart, relationship after relationship, friendship, family ship, all of it just, you know kind of just kept dwindling. I kept telling myself that London was right around the corner. 
I very much wish that the story ended here. Like, I wish I could tell you guys that I went to London and got the first class degree and lived happily fucking after. But that did not happen because old habits do die hard, apparently. And after going through a traumatic experience, what's a girl with daddy issues to do other than seek out male attention? So the first year of uni came and went, and that summer um, I received a phone call saying that my grandfather's condition had become terminal. Uh, Luckily, I was fortunate enough to be able to fly back to New York and say the last goodbyes. But that man had other plans. He hung on to dear life as if he was afraid of hell. We, it went from the conversation of he's not going to make the night turned into two months later. The deterioration of my grandfather's health sparked up all those unresolved daddy issues because him and I had a special bond. I had lived with him throughout various points of my life, and having lost my father at such a young age, I think he did his best with the little tools that he had to give me the best that he could, you know? I grew up in a family business environment with a single mom, meaning that some days that business turned into childcare. And on the days that I would go to the family business, I'd spend my day following around my grandfather, playing CEO, checking in on everyone. You know, we had a little routine that always ended with him driving me around the parking lot in his truck, in the back cab, when like this wasn't frowned upon. I literally had the time of my life. Some days when I was real lucky, he'd take me to the local watering hole, if you know what I mean, and I'd get to order bottomless mozzarella sticks and Shirley Temples. And then they had like a mini arcade. So you'd give me like a bucket of quarters and I would go play the arcade and then go to the jukebox and play that girl, the song My Girl by The Temptations over and over again, like annoying the whole fucking group. But I was cute and they let it slide. Eventually that song became My Grandfather and I Song and we changed the lyrics from My Girl to Pa's Girl. You know, it was cute. It was like very fatherly energy. As you can imagine, watching him die uh, was one of the hardest things I ever had to witness. Uh, As I said before, it re-triggered old wounds that never really healed and suddenly, that water that I had been treading after the breakup, you know, um, I began to drown in. And I've debated on sharing this with you guys because I've never actually told another single human this before. The only other person that knows this was in the car with me that evening, but three days before my grandfather passed, I actually attempted to take my own life by jumping out of a moving vehicle. And rather than being influenced to seek help professionally, I was more encouraged to put on the brave face and not let anyone know what was actually going on. And once again, London really became that anchor, that saving grace of like, okay, London is right around the corner. However, your girl could not quite resist the old flings reaching out to give their condolences. Having the attention delivered to you on a silver platter was a bit too hard to pass up. And after the second (laughs) encounter in a short amount of time, there is no judging on this, guys. I realized that if I was going to choose life, this couldn't be the way that I lived anymore. 
So once again, I made the choice to go celibate, but this time with intention. When I got back to London, my mental health became the number one priority. I started chatting with a therapist on a regular basis. Uh, This is also when I found out I had a personality disorder. I got on medication to ease the anxiety and stop the roller coaster of emotions that I would experience when most people would view as a minor inconvenience. It would feel like the end of the world to me. I also became super strict about who I would spend my time with, ensuring not only that they were good for me, but I was good for them, you know? In hindsight, even though it was super stressful and I put way too much stress on myself to get that first class degree, it was an amazing distraction to be able to, you know, invest in myself and having that creative outlet to get that negative energy out of my system and then COVID hit which i'm not going to lie was a bit of a saving grace it allowed me to slow down prevented me from seeking out any male attention it forced me to be with my thoughts and face the ways in which i was causing some of the chaos that i swore i hated i became infatuated with understanding relationship dynamics Since there was all this extra time, I ordered all these books and began reading them. The few that I highly recommend, and I will do a more in-depth review of these books on the Taboo Truth YouTube channel, but for now I'll just list them. The first one I read was Getting the Love You Want, A Guide for Couples by Dr. Harville Hendricks and Dr. Helen Lakely Hunt. Don't ask why I picked this one. Um, Again, I was celibate, so why I picked a couple's guide? No fucking clue. The logic was out the window at this point. However, I can say that I learned a lot from this book and just really, really gave me an understanding to like how relationship dynamics work and how we're sort of healing our childhood through our relationships. The next one was The Ethical Slut by... Sorry if I pronounced these names wrong, Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy. I personally believe that everybody, once they turn 18, should read this book. It gives sort of a guide and understanding into the different relationship options versus just going with, you know, the societal expectation of monogamy. The next was Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel, then Vagina by Naomi Wolf. I highly suggest reading these two. Vagina especially, I I recommend this for men if you're having sex with a woman. This is a great book. The next one that I didn't fully read because I felt like it required a lot of work and I never like had the time to be with my notes and highlight things, Come As You Are by Emily Najoski. And then the last two I ordered, which I found a bit triggering because it, you know, hit some spots with that breakup, but, um, and I also think it's a bit outdated, but, you know, you take what resonates, leave what doesn't. Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus by John Gary, and Why Men Love Bitches by Sherry Argov. Reading those books and reflecting on my life made me realize that society has this weird obsession with romantic relationships. Like, I really love seeing more about the self-help community and understanding self-love because 
romantic love is not the be-all end-all. I personally believe that there should be a healthy balance of self-love, friendship love, family love, and romantic love. One definitely should not outweigh the other, in my opinion. Besides reading, I did have some fun exploring some of my other needs. Um, You know, some people have a different version of celibacy, again, with the staining of sex and marriage, blah, 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 blah. For me, it was just not engaging in male attention and pursuing sex with another human. I felt like I needed to go back, do some inner work, relearn my body, relearn my emotional needs. So, you know, this was not the Catholic nunnery. I took COVID as the opportunity to become reacquainted with my body, if you know what I mean. Um, I rediscovered where I wanted to be touched, how I wanted to be touched, and what I wanted to be touched with also worked on how to communicate that so when i did have sex again i didn't feel like i had to fully submit or try and perform to what they wanted that i could show up and be like hey this is what i'm looking for however you know from the last episode um running away from kilt man probably still need to do some work on that but My reacquaintance with the body involved a lot of experimentation with different toys, lubes, sounds, smells, tastes, and even temperatures, because why not? Now for the last question you guys had, and I'm sure you're wondering, do you miss sex? Well, since I began the celibacy journey in 2018, I did have a few slip-ups, clearly. (laughs) So clearly I missed it at some point. And again, this isn't the Catholic nunnery, so my rules weren't strict. It was really just an intentional choice that I made wanting to, I don't know, step into my sexual power and own it and be able to communicate that. So yeah, that's really it and learn more about myself. Um, I probably have overshared because that is what I do. However, I think I've answered all of your questions for this episode. Hopefully something was insightful and that you resonated with something. This idea isn't to like force celibacy onto you guys. This is just, you know, traumatic experience that I went through and in our society, how they push sexual liberation and, you know, with the Kardashians and, you know, certain music of like, you know, yeah, like go and enjoy it. I am all for it, but only if you're like mentally and emotionally and physically prepared for it. If you're not, like it is okay to say, you know what, I'm going to take a step back from this. I'm going to go learn more about my body. I'm going to go learn more about relationships. I'm going to go learn more about like the other person's anatomy and I'm going to come back feeling prepared and confident. There's nothing wrong with that. Because I post pictures of myself wearing lingerie onto the internet, I think some people assume that I'm like this, you know, sex goddess. And the reality is we are not everything that we look. The internet is fake. I really use Instagram as a way to express my sexuality so that it doesn't stay suppressed, you know? I also don't believe that wearing lingerie is for men. I believe it's for women expressing themselves. So, anywho, um, I'm rambling again. 
And if you have any more questions on celibacy at all, you can always send me an email at tabutonic at gmail.com or DM me at Taboo Talks Hotline on Instagram. Happy to further talk about this with you guys. So, oh, and before I go, can I ask you guys to please subscribe to the podcast and rate it? I want all the feedback, even if it's even if you hate it, please let me know. I want to make this podcast the best possible podcast for you guys. Okay. So what do we say? Same time next week. Cool. Talk to you soon, friend. Bye.